Hi, Jax. Hey, Jax. Hello, Jax. Hey, Jax, I have a question for you. And I'm just wondering about... I wanted to ask you about... Uh, I have a question for you. I have a question about the history of porn. Hey, Jax here. Welcome to this week's Thorny Issues, a shame-free female-led podcast answering uncomfortable questions about sex, relationships, and intimacy. As you all know, this is a non-judgmental, inclusive, shame-free space. Thank you for being here with me. I hope life is treating you well. I've decided this year I'm going to be more vocal. I'm going to push you all a little bit about regularly checking our bodies getting to know our bodies because it's important that we can advocate for ourselves. Wherever you are in the world, it's hard to get a doctor's appointment. And when you do get that appointment, you never feel like you have enough time. So I want to give you the tools to arm yourself with the best opportunity that when you are concerned and you are worried, you know your body, so you know what your normal is, so you can go take this to the medical professional, be taken seriously and looked after in whatever medical system you are in. We all have breasts, whatever gender you are, we all have breast tissue and it is really, really important to check it and to check it regularly. If found early, breast cancer is super treatable and the survival rates are higher. So get to know your body. But Jax, how do I do that? Don't you worry, I've got you covered. Firstly, check regularly. Boob checking should be part of your monthly routine. So when you notice any unusual changes, you can notice them quickly and get yourself off to see a doctor. You also, by checking regularly, will build up confidence in knowing what your normal is. If you've never done it before, it is not too late to start. Next time you have a shower, just give your boobs a touch. The second thing is know what's normal for you. Being breast aware simply means knowing you're normal for your boobs or pecs. If you menstruate, you'll notice that your boobs naturally change as part of your cycle each month. I have a note in my calendar. I check my breasts three days after my periods ended because I know that in my cycle, my hormones and my body should feel around the same. This doesn't mean I don't do it at other points in the month, but if I find a change at another point in the month, I'll always go back to that regularity date that I have to see, is that problem still there or was that a hormonal fluctuation? And knowing those hormonal fluctuations is really good for you too. If you can learn the rhythm of your boobs, you'll be able to detect anything unusual quicker. Not only should you be feeling your breast tissue, many of the signs and symptoms of breast cancer are things that you can notice by appearance only. So not only should you touch yourself, you need to look at yourself too. Again, get to know your body. Also, remember that breast tissue isn't only found in your boobs. It reaches all the way up to your collarbone and underneath your armpit. Check the whole area. This is the same for all genders. I'm going to do a quick rundown of some signs and symptoms because breast cancer doesn't just show up as a lump. Things that you could look for. Changes in the texture of your skin. Is there a puckering, a dimpling, a rash? Is there a slight color change? You're looking for swelling in your armpit or around your collarbone. 
Looking at your nipples, is there a discharge? Have they inverted? Is there a change of direction? Also, is there a rash or crusting around the nipple or anything surrounding the area? And if there's suddenly a change in size of both the nipple or actually the size of your breast, and especially if the size has changed and nothing else in your body has changed size-wise, that also could be a symptom. And then when you're feeling, you're feeling for lumps, thickening, a change in density, and also feeling if there's any unusual pain in your breast or your armpit. Is this a constant pain? Is this a shooting pain? These are what you should be looking out for. And if you notice anything, get yourself off to the doctor. It is always better to be safe than sorry, but know your breasts. All right, on to testicles. Testicular cancer is the number one cancer in younger guys. The great news is it is highly curable when caught early. So get to know your nuts. And I suggest you do this in the shower. The heat and the steam of the shower helps relax and loosen your testicles, which makes them easier to be checked. And then my friends, it's pretty simple. Between your thumb and your finger, just roll out one of your testicles. Get to know what's normal. What you're looking for is any changes in density, any lumps, that's pretty much it. And then repeat on the other side. Like I said, get to know what's normal for you so that as soon as you feel anything change or anything different, you can go off and talk to your doctor about it. What you're looking for during this self-check is your nuts should feel smooth and firm, sensitive, but not painful. So get familiar with what that baseline is. And then if you see any unusual changes over time, you know that maybe it's time to go see a doctor. And those unusual changes could be swelling, a lump on your testicle, a change in size, shape, or consistency of your testicle. And also remember, if there is an unusual swelling or soreness, it doesn't mean something is wrong. It doesn't mean that you have cancer, but it probably means you need to go see a doctor to rule that out. And finally, it is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, so it would be remiss of me not to mention cervical screenings and pap tests. Now, these are tests that currently around the world you cannot do yourself, except in British Columbia, where from January 29th, you can do a cervix self-screening where they will send you a swab and a kit. This is super exciting. I absolutely love that this is a test that we can now do for ourselves. And if you live in British Columbia, Canada, go to bccancer.bc.ca to learn more about how to do this. I absolutely love that this is becoming available. But for the rest of the world, because... (laughs) BC is is unfortunately not everywhere. You do need to go see a medical provider for a pap test and they are recommended to happen for anybody with a cervix. This is women, this is transgender people, this is non-binary people, age 25 to 69 and you should be screened every three years. It's not the most comfortable screening, but early detection saves lives. A pap test's job is to find the abnormal cells in the cervix before they become cancer. So it's always good to take our health into our hands and know how our bodies are working for us. I'm sure I will bring up testing again at some point. Our physical health is so linked with our sexual health, but also linked with how we connect with our bodies. The more we know our bodies, I actually feel the better sex that we have. And you know, that's what I'm really here to advocate for. I want us to be living our happiest, healthiest, sexiest lives. 
So I think it's time I answer some questions. Remember, if you have a question, you can go to the website thornyissues.ca and submit your question there or record a voice note on your phone and email it to jacks at thornyissues.ca. As you know, I always love hearing from you. One of the questions this week, our listener used the word sexual deviant. And although I don't think being a sexual deviant is necessarily a good thing, it's an absolutely fantastic use of the English language. Bravo, my friend. Bravo. Okay, on with the show. Hey, Jax. I am a guy in my 40s. Handsome, financially successful, and a classic sexual deviant. I cheated on my ex-wife and every girlfriend I've ever had. I'm currently dating a woman in her 20s. She also has as scandalous a past as I do. We met via a hookup app and have enjoyed each other's company from the moment we met. The sex is great. We share a few not easy to match kinks. We do, however, make up and break up a lot. We've had many deep dives into our respective pasts. On occasion, we cringe at how we've hooked up with so many random people. Here's the issue. After 12 months together, with too many breakups to count, we don't know how to move forward. We can't establish trust. We are in love and everything is great, so long as we are around each other. Once out of direct sight, We both turn into possessive assholes. How do we move past this and keep a relationship going? How can we learn to trust each other? Hey, so honestly, you're not going to learn to trust each other. But is that necessary? Hear me out here. So you've cheated on everyone you've ever been with. And I'm taking from she has a scandalous a past as I do phrase that She has cheated on everybody she has been with. So you're a bunch of cheaters. Maybe it's good you found each other. The thing that I'm finding really hard is you're slut-shaming each other. You said you're cringing about past partners. You're really uncomfortable with those situations. But why don't you embrace the two people that you are? This is obviously very specific advice to you. I'm not out here advocating that people go cheat on their partners. But if you are a cheater and she is a cheater and this is something that you have not been able to change year over year, why not embrace it, but embrace it with boundaries and with care and with love and a way that you can support each other and have a healthy relationship within the boundaries of what you have created as a healthy relationship? So many of us enter relationships assuming monogamy. We don't really recognize that there are other models out there. It's just assumed monogamy until we look at other things. But why don't you take yours into the consensual non-monogamy space where you work out the rules that work for you? Do you both get off on the cheating? Is it the rush 
the sneaking around, the hiding it from your partner? Are there certain emotions that you feel from doing this that you wouldn't get if you just had a consensually open relationship? And if that's true for both of you, you can still very much stay together and be together and have a don't ask, don't tell policy. DADT is something that a lot of open couples do, not in as much of the cheating fashion as you and your partner seem to be doing it. But a lot of times people don't want to know. What they do want to know is that you're being safe. Uh, What protection are you using? Are you regularly going to get tested? And the bigger thing, and the thing I think you two need to do, is value emotionally where you sit. It sounds like you love and care for this woman very much. So make sure that your actions are not affecting or hurting that loving relationship. Be discreet. Figure out what makes both of you feel uncomfortable. Make sure you can both feel like a top priority and make sure that she does this for you too. This may look different to other consensual non-monogamous relationships out there. The thing with any kind of open relationship is they look different to everyone. You two are a couple of cheaters. That's okay. If you both are aware of that and you're both happy with that, then you can move your relationship forward. The thing that makes me sad, as I said earlier, is that you are looking at your past behaviours through such negative lenses that you're just ultimately shaming each other. And I can't work out why you were doing that, why you would want to do that, and how this is helping in any way. No wonder you keep making up and breaking up. Dig a little deeper as to what your values are. What do you share? There's clearly something that's pulling you together. It feels like you're wasting a lot of time and a lot of energy on the cheating side, which you both know you're going to do. In fact, if we're looking at things you can trust, you can trust in that action. So stop making promises that you know neither of you can keep. Don't promise not to cheat on her. Work out the boundaries and the rules within the relationship, what the lines are. And these lines might be a little blurry. And one of the things with an open relationship that is really key is you're continually checking in. You don't set the rules and forget them. Check in, you'll work out the timing. Is it every couple of months? Is it every couple of weeks? Is it every six months? And the gaps can sometimes get bigger once you're settling into this type of relationship. Initially, you both might need a little bit more reassurance as to where you sit in each other's lives. But if ultimately you just can't stop being slutty and fucking around on each other, but the love is there and the consent for each other to go off and do that is there, I think it will make you a lot happier because you will stop shaming each other. You also made a really key point that I think is important is you've shared not easy to match kinks and you have a really good sex life together you've found something great. You're just trying to fit your very unconventional relationship into the conventional monogamy bracket. You are not those people. Go off and be sexual deviants together. It also means you're not going to go and date other people who you're going to cheat on and hurt. I love that two cheaters have found each other. It's great because you understand the motivations and the feeling behind that. The most important thing you have to do is work out how to keep each other's feelings as a top priority. If you can understand together and from your pasts, it sounds like you know that sometimes sex is just sex. Differentiate that for each other. Know the difference between a casual fuck and your loving, kinky, slutty relationship. 
Hey, Jax. I'm a straight woman in my mid-20s, and I've noticed a pattern in my life. Since high school, I've repeatedly ended up being friends with awesome men who I shared an obvious sexual tension with at the start of our friendships. Our mutual friends even noted the sexual tension. Not a single one has ever turned into more than a one-off drunken kiss. Maybe it's who I'm picking, but I'm starting to think that I'm the problem. An ex of mine, who I met on Bumble, told me that I give off don't-touch-me vibes. Recently, I've been spending a lot of time with a colleague. We get along well, and he's hot and single. How do I seduce him and not end up in the friend zone again? Oh, seduction. What a wonderful word. Ask. Ask this person out on a date. Be honest. Be open. Ask for what you want. The word seduction makes me giggle because it makes me think of all sorts of sneaky traps or sexy outfits or coquettish looks across a bar. But if you're giving off don't touch me vibes, as your ex says, I don't think any of these subtle hints or body language moves are going to cut it. I also think in all aspects of life, we should be honest and go after what we want. Be unambiguous. Just say, hey, I really enjoy spending time with you. Would you like to go on a date with me? Don't call it a hangout. Don't use any of those words that we like to use when we're too scared to ask for what we want. You would like to go on a date with this man. So ask if he'd like to go on a date. Don't make it weird. Don't spend 20 minutes trying to get to the question. Just ask. Honesty is sexy. Being direct like that can be sexy too. And give him space to think about it. Give him space to say yes. Give him space to say no, but he'd still like to be friends. Sometimes we ask a question and then we instantly answer it and be like, oh, never mind, it's not really a big deal, without allowing someone their room for their response. So do that. One thing I do want to note is following up with your ex-boyfriend on the don't touch me vibes. Now, that's an ex and you might not want to talk to them anymore, but it sounds like you're still friends with some of the other guys who you'd hope for something romantic and now it's sort of a platonic friend zone state. Can you ask them? Are you comfortable enough to say, hey, out of interest, was I giving off this vibe? Were you not interested? You can preface it with, this isn't going anywhere now, I'm not hitting on you. I'm genuinely curious about my behavior. Were you playing the cool girl? Were you instantly standoffish? As women, we have spent so many years trying to get men to respect our don't touch me vibes. We can't be mad about it when they do. You have to advocate for yourself and what you want. Nobody is a mind reader. So I don't think you're picking the wrong guys. I do think it would be really interesting to delve into your behaviors from the past with one of your friends. That's the joy of being in the friend zone. You can then ask all the questions that you really want to know the answers to. As women, we're constantly running through different scenarios and expectations and what the rules are and how certain people have to behave for a romance to begin. And a lot of the time, I think we forget our agency and our space in that. And it's not our fault. We have been conditioned to do this. Over the holidays, I went back and watched a bunch of my favorite rom-coms from the 90s and the 2000s. And holy fuck, no wonder we're kind of screwed up when it comes to communication because we're told we can have it all but we're also told he's meant to understand everything that we want without actually explaining anything or without giving anyone an opportunity to show up and be there for us so take control of this have fun use the word date otherwise you'll be calling back about your situationship that you're in and how to know where it's at and where the next level should be and enjoy yourself hopefully he says yes 
And if you've become comfortable enough around each other, you're spending all this time together, it doesn't sound like he's going to be a dick if he's not interested in it. So twofold here, ask the guy out, ask your now friend's own friends what happened from their perspective when you first met. And good luck. Take control of your future. And that's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to my callers for their questions. Again, I'll say it. If you have a question for the show, go to thornyissues.ca, submit a question, and you can either voice note or you can type the question or send me a voice note from your phone. You can email it to jax at thornyissues.ca. Always love hearing from you. And if you think my advice was wrong or I missed something, let me know. You can also follow the show at Thorny Issues on Instagram. And as always, going to encourage you to like, to subscribe, and maybe to send the podcast to someone you think might enjoy it. I love new listeners. I love my old listeners too. I do love new listeners. I love growing this community. It's really, really fun. Okay, that's it. Until next time, remember to be kind, to have fun, and to stay curious. Bye.